Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Oh, come on. Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Good to see all of you. Uh, thanks to Jordan Lewis for being here this morning, leading our uh, offering moment. She's going to lead communion. Uh, Kyle Lively, if you could look in the back. Hi, Kyle. He used to be our tech director. Now, Daniel, he, wave Daniel, he's our tech director, but he was up here playing guitar. And so we have Kyle today, and it's just going to be a great Sunday morning. I have a message for you called, We Will overcome. We will overcome. It's uh, lyrics to a song that we're going to sing at the end of this service. It's the theme to the passage of scripture that we're going to look at. And if we get this, if we get the word of God into our hearts, these three words, we will overcome, then we're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed from the inside out. There's going to be hope in us despite the situation, despite the circumstances. There is such a great hope that comes with the knowledge that we will overcome. So would you stand with me? We're going to read from the Word of God. This is the last chapter of 1 John. We're in chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. And so here's what it says. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, if you believe Jesus is the Christ, say amen. amen. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God, listen to this phrase, overcomes the world. This is the victory. Everyone shout victory. victory. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. One more verse. Listen to it. Who is? It's a question. Who is that that overcomes the world? Who is it? Who, who gets to overcome the world? Who are we talking about here? Here's the answer. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, to God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you're in our midst, and you have here encouraging words, challenging words for us, that if we are in you, then we will be born again, that if we are born again, we will overcome this world. And there's such great hope in that. Lord, I, I pray you'll open our minds. Would you open our hearts to truly understand this message that we will overcome? Lord, we thank you, we praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou shouted with joy, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Point number one, let's just jump right in, shall we, to the first point. Point number one, if you're taking notes, I really, uh, I think it's great to take notes and have sermon notes, even if, a lot of studies say, if you, if you just take notes, you don't even look at them again, but the process of writing down notes really helps you, helps you get the word of God into your head, into your mind, into your heart. And so point number one, if you're taking notes, is everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is a direct quote right out of the passage we just read, everyone born of God overcomes the world. And the world is something to overcome. The world is pretty dark. You know, the, the things going on in the world that are tragic, that are shadows, that are horrible. I think about all the news. 
I was watching the news over the weekend, just thinking, yeah, this is a bad stuff going on, like really bad stuff. I made the mistake of reading a longer article about uh, the, the suspect accused now of the um, serial killings. And, and some of the, I was like, this, this world that we live in, this is a dark place. I think about the, the war in Ukraine. A lot of us are wondering, is this ever going to end? Is it going to escalate? Are more countries going to get involved? There's fear. There's anxiety. There's this growing mental health crisis in our world. There's poverty. Just last year, around this time, uh, myself, my wife Erica, where's Ashley? We were in the Congo. And depending on the different ways to uh, rate uh, poverty and, and poorest countries in the world. Congo is either the poorest or one of the top five poorest countries in the world. And my wife and I were sharing at a pastor's conference, about 50 pastors, their wives were there, uh, just a plain, simple tin roof, concrete floor, plastic chairs. We shared for a little while, then some other people shared. Then it was probably around two o'clock. We had lunch, everyone there was hungry, and uh, we had a very simple meal, rice, beans, and some sort of mystery meat. Couldn't tell you the uh, part of the animal. Couldn't even tell you the animal. Seemed like a, like, a, like a chicken leg wrapped in rubber or something. And we gladly ate with them. We were ushered to the front. We had breakfast. We got to drive there. They probably walked. They probably had no breakfast. But here we were as the guests of honor. And we ate our food. And we were chit-chatting and talking with other pastors. And as the meal concluded, it was the, one of these moments that's just etched in my memory. Some kids kind of snuck in. Uh, maybe a little, I don't know, four or five, six-year-old kids, a little pack of like four or five of them snuck in and they were kind of crawling around. And in the place where we just ate, they were going around and kind of sweeping up the rice and putting it in their hands and eating it. Like that, 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 that's how hungry those kids were, eating rice off a dusty concrete floor. And I think about this world and the poverty and the darkness and the shadows and the evil of this world. There's a, there's a psalm that basically just says, I want to get out of here. Like this place is too much for me. It's psalm 55. I'll read it in the message translation. It's a, a psalm that says, my insides are turned inside out. Spectators of death have me down. I shake with fear. I shudder from head to toe. Who will give me wings, I ask? Wings like a dove. Get me out of here on dove's wings. Basically, I want to fly away. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever, just like, I just want to get out of it. I just want to go on vacation. I want to leave this. Maybe some of you have thought more seriously. I just want to leave this world. This is all too much for me. This is all too much to handle. I want to get out of here. Give me wings so I can fly away. Reminds me of that sad scene in the movie from the 90s, Forrest Gump, where little Ginny, or should I say Jenna, was in the field, running from her dad. And her dad has a bottle of booze in his hand. And where are you at, girl? I'm gonna find you. You better come back here. And she says, Forrest, come pray with me. She, she kneels down and she says, Forrest, come pray with me. And her little Jenny and Forrest, she prays the very simple prayer. Do you know this little sad scene? She says, dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far away from here. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Sounds a lot like this psalm, doesn't it? In this psalm, it's reflecting just the, travesty, the, the horrible things that happen on earth and, and just wanting to get away from it all. And this 
psalm, this kind of prayer, is not just for sad, scared little girls. Do you know who prays this prayer? It's David. King David is the one praying this prayer. The same King David that was rich, famous. Everyone knew him. Everyone loved him. He was anointed even. And here he is in this psalm, and and quite honestly, quite a few other psalms, praying from the despair of a life situation, just saying, I want to get out of here. This is all too much for me to handle. There's good news this morning that we will overcome this world. That's the title of this sermon, we will overcome the world. Not just like get through it, but we will overcome it, like victoriously. This is an anthem of our church. I'm gonna tell you a story at the end of this sermon, we'll come back to that. But here's point number two, as we keep walking through this theme of overcoming. Point two is this, it's a question. It's right out of the verse, uh, right out of verse five. Who is it? that overcomes the world? It's a great question. Who gets to overcome the world? Well, let me read for you. Verse four and five, this is the answer. For everyone born of God, who overcomes the world? For everyone born of God, overcomes the world, and this is the victory. Everyone say victory. Victory. That has overcome the world, even our faith. Verse five, who is it that overcomes the world? That's the question, here's the answer. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So how do you, how do you, what is this thought progression here that John is trying to get into our heads? If we believe in God, we're born again. If we're born again, we will get to overcome the world. These are mysterious words, like this phrase, born again. Do you know, are you familiar with the phrase, born again? It's, some of you are like, oh yeah, it's a Christianese phrase. It's a phrase Christians say, born again, and you might be wondering, uh, who, who said that? Who coined that phrase? Is it a Southern thing? Is it a Bible Belt thing? Is it a Baptist thing? Is it a Methodist thing? What's this phrase, born again? Do you know who coined the term born again? Jesus actually did. It's, it's in the Bible. It's in John chapter 3, and there's this story. Uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Gospel of John is, is at night, Jesus is somewhere, and this man comes to meet with him. His name is Nicodemus, and he's a member of the Jewish ruling council, it says, a.k.a. the Sanhedrin. I've heard the Sanhedrin being compared to like, like the Supreme Court of our day. He was a Supreme Court justice, and here he is coming to this homeless, traveling rabbi and saying, you seem to know what you're talking about. I'm paraphrasing. But your miracles speak for themselves. You're someone who is speaking about the kingdom. Would you tell me more? And Jesus kind of tells him a riddle. We kind of take it for granted because we know the phrase born again. We know it's a metaphor. We know it's a a spiritual phrase. But Jesus tells Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. And, and he responds quite literally. He, he says, do I, do I need to enter back into my mother's womb and be born again? We should all be laughing. That's like, like the ridiculous. Like what was Nicodemus thinking that Jesus was saying? And Jesus rebukes him in this conversation. So you're one of Israel's teachers. You're one of the guys in charge of it all, making the rules, making decisions of how to interpret Torah under Roman oppression. You're one of the people that everyone looks up to and you don't know that I'm speaking about spiritual things right now, that you need to be born again. And then he gets to the most famous line, in my opinion, of the whole Bible, 
John 3.16, Jesus says these words. Did you know that? That Jesus says the words of John 3.16 to Nicodemus. He says, for God so loved the world. God loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. And here John, where I think it's the same author as uh, the Gospel of John is the same author as uh, this first John, is saying now, if you want to overcome the world, you need to be born again. And how do you become born again? Become born again by believing in Jesus. So here's point number three already. Point number three is the title of this sermon. We're kind of being circular, like John writes in a circular way about one theme, kind of again and again, going back and forth around this theme. And so here we are in this theme, going back to we will overcome. And what, what tense is that? We will overcome. English class, future tense, good job. Class, we will overcome. And, and of course, we look at the book of Revelation, this wonderful stories of angels and demons fighting each other. We look at the stories of the beast and it's being thrown into the abyss. And then in Revelation chapter 12, there's this great voice from heaven saying, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And so we, as, as Christians living now, say, oh, that, that will happen one day. Jesus will rule and reign, and we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's future tense. But here in John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, we see this little phrase, John 5, 4, says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. What tense is that? That's like now, right? Present tense. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. And in the Greek, it's very obvious. Like tenses in Greek are much easier to pick up on than in English. But the tense here in Greek is, this is right now. This is for today. We will overcome, future tense, and we are overcoming right now. It's like if it's raining out. If it's raining out, like not, not like a pretty rain, but like a drenching rain that's cold and yucky, the kind of rain that ruins your hairdo, the kind of rain that ruins your makeup, girls, the kind of rain that like gets into your stuff and into your bones, and then you get cold, and then you get a cold, and then you get sick, like that kind of rain. If it's raining out, we have the hope that one day it'll stop raining. One day the sun will come out, one day, maybe a rainbow will appear. One day, the blue skies will be out. We have this hope in this metaphor of rain and, and being drenched and cold and wet. We have the hope that we will overcome the rain because the rain will stop and Jesus will rule and reign and he has control over everything. And in this metaphor, it will stop raining. But also, right now, we've been given something. Guess what I have here for show and tell today? And he, <laughs> somebody said it's bad luck to open an umbrella inside. Is that true? I don't think so. Uh, I believe in Jesus. I don't believe in superstition. So I opened the umbrella inside. Now, if it's raining out, and it's raining in here, <laughs> and it's cold, and it's wet, and it's miserable, if I open the umbrella and I stand under the umbrella, is it raining on me anymore? 
No, I'm under the umbrella. I've overcome the rain. Present tense. I'm under the grace of God. I'm walking with him. I'm in his will. And yes, one day it'll stop raining and and the sun will come out and it will shine and be wonderful and beautiful. But right now, I've overcome by standing under the umbrella. And and I know of a lot of people, because I know I've been there at certain times in my life, that we've been handed an umbrella, but instead of putting it up and getting under it, it's, it's in your pocket. What are you doing? Why is it in your pocket? It's still raining. You're getting soaked. There's no good reason for you to be walking around with an umbrella in your pocket if it's raining, right? So you're like, why are you, why are you doing that? You, you want to get wet? It's cold. It's, you're going you're gonna to catch a cold. You're going to get soaked. Your hairdo is going to get messed up. Your makeup's going to start running. Why are you walking around in the rain with an umbrella in your pocket? Why would you do that? And there's no good reason. You might say, well, maybe no one else has an umbrella out, so I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to be different. Maybe uh, you don't know that it's going to work. Maybe you don't, you don't want to, I don't want to be embarrassed. Maybe uh, you don't really believe that, um, I, I don't know, that it'll stop the rain. Maybe oh, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get it out and to open it up. So much work. I'll just, I'll just, you know, finish off in the rain. I'll get a little wet. Are you kidding me? It's right here. The umbrella's right here. And many of us, we have these hopes and maybe it's just the way we think about life. Like, oh, one day God will, you know, save us all. One day I'll get to fly away on a, on a dove's wings. I'll, I'll get to escape. And that's, that's true. That's where our ultimate hope lies. But you got an umbrella in your pocket. Amen? You can, you can, you can put it up right now. We can, we can walk under the grace of God here and now. The overcoming is future tense, and it's also present tense. It's here, it's now, it's for you. Let me put this away and talk about a little bit more of the, the future tense and this triumphing. Uh, a lot of you know some Greek words. Uh, a lot of you know the Greek word for triumph for victory, it's also the same root word for overcome. So here we're saying overcome, overcome, overcome. Also, uh, sometimes it's translated, we will triumph. We will triumph by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony because it's the same root word, overcome, triumph, victory. A really famous shoe company named themselves after the Greek concept, Greek goddess of victory, which is the word not Adidas? Who said Adidas? It's Nike. It is Nike. I don't know who said it, so we won't, we'll skip over that part. Nike, the, the Greek goddess Nike is uh, the goddess of victory. It's a, very, it's a very important concept in the Greek world. They gave us the uh, marathon. They gave us the Olympic Games. To them, competing, winning, very important part of their culture, maybe a very important part of our culture. And John is picking up on this and saying, we will overcome. We will have victory. And he even says this, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Who is it that overcomes? This is all the same Greek root word here of, of Nike, of victory, of overcoming. 
and triumph. You know, it's because Jesus is truly God that we will overcome because he has overcome. Jesus is not, I think sometimes people think of him as like a mamby-pamby, I don't know, hippy-dippy Jesus, uh, going along to just get along, a patty cake kind of, people have images of Jesus that uh, it needs to be compared with the God who's wearing crowns, who has a sword in his hand, who has fire in his eyes, and with him are armies upon armies with white horses, and he will, he is ruling and reigning in power and victory and triumph, amen? Let me share with you a story. This is the story I already hinted at at the beginning of this sermon, and then we're gonna sing the song that I'm gonna talk about. The song is Overcome, and this story, it's, it's got a little confusing because all, all, some, all, some of you, all of you know, is New Life Manitou, but New Life Manitou is one of eight different, we're one of eight congregations. We meet in six different locations. Manitou's one. There's New Life East, New Life Downtown. There's Nueva Vida. We have uh, Spanish-speaking, English-speaking, Chinese-speaking New Life congregations. Eight congregations. It didn't start off that way. It started off with one congregation, New Life North. At the, it's, it's now at the intersection of Interquest and I-25. Many of you have been there. Uh, I used to be a part of that congregation before planting New Life Manitou. I was one of the young adult uh, pastors, associate pastors up at New Life North. And New Life uh, is going great now. Like the congregations, New Life Manitou is going well. New Life North is going well. We're, we're strong. We're growing. Uh, we're looking forward. But that's not always the case. And some of you might know that in 2006 began a, like a series of events of our church really like we should have completely unraveled. Our founding senior pastor was found in a moral failure. You could literally Google about it. It made national news. And the church slowly began to, to just like, what's going on? Like, like how, how he, he hid these sins and it, if the sins are embarrassing and, and, and dramatic. And we went on a committee to find another pastor, a search committee, found a man by the name of Brady Boyd, who has been our pastor for quite a few years, a wonderful man. And a hundred years, sorry, hundred days into his leadership, hundred days. So he comes in, he's the new pastor. Hundred days, there was a Sunday morning. I was talking to Tom and Karen. They were there that day. I was there. My wife was there. Maybe some of you were at New Life North, or maybe you know where you were when you heard about the shooting that happened at New Life North in December of 2007. It was a Sunday, uh, and someone came into our building. His name is Matthew Murray. He came in with a, auto, a semi-automatic weapon to, to shoot as many Christians as he could. It was a horrible day. I, I was there. I heard the gunshots. I saw the blood. I was with David Works, who is the father of the two girls. He shot a bunch of people, but two girls died. And I was there holding the father's hand, praying with him. And he was asking, when, when, when will the ambulance be there? And I had no idea. I didn't know what to tell him. And I think about like tragedies and being at a tragedy like that on the heels of, of a tragedy with our senior pastor's moral failure. Like our church was, should have, New life should have completely unraveled. 
It's, it's like, you just think about like other churches, you know, they, they have an argue, argument about the carpet color and the church ends up splitting and failing. Like we had, we had legitimate reasons for people not to come to our church anymore. And there was a Wednesday night, three days after the shooting in December of 2007, we had a family meeting at New Life North and we gathered and we worshiped. And I remember Brady saying, we're not gonna be governed by fear. We are gonna be overcomers. We're gonna look to the cross. We're gonna look to Jesus who has already overcome. And I can't begin to explain what then transpired at the end of that service when we sang one of New Life's own songs. John Egan wrote this song called Overcome. We're gonna sing it in a few minutes. And the lyrics are just so simple. It's, it's quoting Revelation 12. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, namely that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is like the blood of a lamb. And, and if we are in that, metaphorically, spiritually, we, we receive that sacrifice. Well, then the word of our testimony is that he has done this and then we will overcome. And, and I can't begin to explain like that corporate worship setting on that Wednesday night, years now ago, of, of feeling, yeah, we will overcome. This, this will become a triumph song. This will become an anthem of New Life Church. Oh, that, that church that went through tragedy, that church that went through hardship, they're the ones singing, we will overcome. And I, I think of like, there's, in my mind, there's the picture of just like smashing the devil on his face is, is what that night was. Like we will overcome, not by us, not by this church, but by the grace of God and the kingdom of God in us, his spirit in us. God is awesome and he is holy and we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Would you stand with me? I have one more verse to read for you. The band can come forward. Communion servers, you could come forward and, and prepare as well. I want to read for you a verse that these are the words of Jesus. <clears throat> and it's the, the words where he says, uh, he has already overcome the world. And these words, it comes in John chapter 16, verse 33. It says this, that, that Jesus is basically gonna say there's, there's gonna be trouble, but take heart. And he's gonna say he has overcome the world. And this is before Jesus would die on the cross. This is before Jesus would be resurrected from the grave. John 16, says this. These are the words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. But in this world, as I've already been talking about and bringing up wanting to fly away, in this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. Listen to these words. Jesus says, I have overcome. I have overcome. And so we look to him as the one who has overcome, the one who has conquered death, the one who went to the cross and died and then three days later, he came up from the grave. He was resurrected, a new body. And he says to all of us, like, I will bring you with me. 
I've conquered death. My grace is sufficient for you. And so we will experience something here this morning. Everyone in here, you're invited to come forward and to receive. The one who has overcome is inviting us to come to his table and to receive a meal. It's, it's a simple mystery of a bread and a cup that we receive on behalf of the one who has overcome. We get to sit at his table and we get to receive from him. So if you would say, I hope in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, help my unbelief. I wanna come, I wanna sit at that table. I want to come before the Lord and receive from him. I wanna be one of the overcomers. I wanna put my faith in Jesus. Then you can come, you can receive. We're gonna work our way to the middle, down the aisle towards the cross. The communion servers will say, Christ's body and blood for you. Would you receive it? Would you go back around and just hold it? And then Pastor Jordan Lewis will come and we'll all receive in unison together the gifts of the cup and the bread. But let me pray over us. Lord, as we come, Lord, we thank you that you've overcame and that with you, in you, we can overcome as well. We can be those that overcome this world. So Lord, as we come, Lord, we're reminded that this is your body for the body of Christ. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let's come and receive now.